Hello and welcome to The Green Hornet from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. The Green Hornet. He hunts the biggest of all game, public enemies who try to destroy our America. With his faithful valet Cato, Britt Reed, daring young publisher, matches wits with racketeers and saboteurs, risking his life that criminals and enemy spies will feel the weight of the law by the sting of the Green Hornet. Ride with Britt Reed in the thrilling adventure, Lowry's Big Moment. The Green Hornet strikes again. on the Daily Sentinel, turned the corner and walked toward the First National Bank. The night before, he'd had a date. In fact, he'd had several dates that week, and he'd about decided that he'd found the big moment in his life. She was sweet, she was beautiful, she was blonde. At the party a week before, she had asked to meet him, proof enough that she liked him, too. That's why his thoughts were still in the clouds when things began to happen. Boy, oh boy, I never thought any dame would get a tumble from me. I guess this is really it. Maybe if we keep on liking each other for a while and I can talk the chief into a raise, well, who knows? Maybe we'll have... What's that? <laughs> Holy smoke, the hell of the First National! Excitement's all over. Now, oh, young lady, tell us how come you so conveniently tripped up the guard when he was chasing after them bank robbers. Really, officer, I couldn't help it. You must believe me. I was just leaving the savings account window when it all started. I got confused and started to run. That's when I bumped into the guard. Maybe she's telling the truth, Sergeant Burke. Keep out of this, expert. I'm asking the questions. Seems funny to me them guys were so sure of themselves with the guard in here and all. What's your name? Estelle Ritter. I live at the Grafton Apartments. Uh, maybe you better come along to headquarters. There's more questions we'll be on to ask. Oh, please, officer, I'm telling the truth. I came in here and then I was to meet my, my boyfriend for lunch. Where's this boyfriend of yours? I'd like to get a look at him. Maybe he's one of the gang, too. Uh, I don't know. He should be here. He was to meet me at 12. Please, I... Oh... Here he is now. Gee, Estelle, I'm sorry I kept you waiting. Uh, I went to phone into the Sentinel about the holdup. Hi, Sarge. Lowry. Well, I'll be jiggered. Say, what is this? Ed, these men think I was in with that holdup gang. They want to take me to jail. You know this girl, Lowry? That's a dumb question, Sarge. Didn't you hear me just talking to her? Sure, I know her. 
have a date to take her to lunch. So you're the boyfriend she was talking about, huh? Sure. What about it? Oh, hold a note on us, huh, Lodi? Scram, Axford. Sarge, whatever gave you the idea to bother Estelle, forget it. <laughs> She's okay. Well, now, miss, we can't be too careful in things like this. I'm sorry if I upset you. As long as Lowry says you're okay, then you're all right with me. Don't apologize, Sergeant. It's all right. You were only doing your duty. There you are, Sarge. Does she sound like a dame that would go around holding up banks? Now just forget the whole thing, Lowry. Come on, boys. Uh, so long, Lowry. I can't wait to tell the bunch about you having a girlfriend. And a damn good looker at that. <laughs> Why didn't you introduce me to your friend, Ed? Because if he was thinner, better looking, and not so dumb... He'd be a wolf. Now, let's go eat before I get all worked up over that bunch of lame brains scaring the daylights out of my little Estelle. Hello, Katie. Oh, hello, Axford. Have you seen Laurie? Have I seen Laurie? <laughs> I say I have. And looking like a lovesick kitten, that he is. What's the matter? Is he sick? Casey, when a man stands mooning over a pretty blonde like I saw Lowry do today, he's more than sick. He's crazy. I've seen a time when you did a little mooning uh, yourself, Axford. For instance, now, you remember uh, that. Just forget about the whole thing, Casey. <laughs> you asked me if I saw Lowry, and I said I did. Just let it go at that. <laughs> well, that stopped you anyway. Casey, the trouble with you is you don't understand men at all. You're always thinking... But I'm of... always thinking about some men I know. Can't be repeated. There you go, insinuating <laughs> again. I'm going in and talk to Reed and leave you to your thinking. <laughs> women, phooey. What's that about women, Axford? Reed, sometimes Case makes me exasperated at all women with her dumb remarks. Oh, calm down, Axford. Forget about Miss Case. Gunnigan's been asking for Lowry's yet? Not yet. I saw him right after he phoned in the story on that bank holdup. He had a date with a blonde for lunch. Now, where's it Lowry beat you to at this time? Sure, and he was right on the spot, waiting right outside the bank for that blonde to come out. Who is this blonde you're talking about? A girl named Estelle something or other. Pretty little trick she is, too. Seems she and Lowry's been running around together from what I heard them say. Haven't heard Lowry mention her? Ah, he's a close mouth somebody when he wants to be. Well, Lowry's personal life is none of our business, as long as it doesn't interfere with his work. Sure, and Lowry was burned up at Sergeant Burke today. What for? Well, you see, his girl, the blonde, was in the bank when it was held up. She got scared, started to run out, and accidentally tripped up the guard who was chasing the lugs who did the job. Huh. Looks as though she were right in the middle of things, then. She was, that. Sergeant Burke was all for taking her to headquarters, thinking she did it on purpose. Well, Lowry comes busting in. <laughs> it was a break for the blonde, all right. And uh, Burke let her go on Lowry's say-so, is that it? Sure. Why not? She said she had a boyfriend waiting outside, and he turned out to be Lowry. Well, Sarge knew he wasn't associating with gangster dames. Anyway, she wasn't the type to be pulling anything like that. <laughs> she must be some girl to turn the heads of two of my hard-boiled reporters. <laughs> well, she don't mean anything to me. She's Lowry's girl. Yeah, it was fortunate for the girl that Lowry was waiting for, that he's known to the police. Otherwise, she might have had a time explaining her way out of that mix-up at the bank. You're right about that, Reed. If Lowry hadn't have been there... Sergeant Burke would have taken her in. And a fine mess she'd have been in then, with them thinking she was with them thieves. Has uh, Lowry known the girl long? Well, you know as much as I do about that. So why? What difference does that make? I just wondered, that's all. How much did they get away with, Axford, do you know? Sure. I hung around and got all the details. I phoned into the rewrite desk a while ago. Uh, it was a little over 30,000 bucks in cash. $30,000, huh? 
Quite a haul. Well worth planning to get. What do you mean, planning to get? Evidently, their plans were well made. They got away with it, didn't they? Sure. But they wouldn't have if that girl hadn't tripped up the guard. He was just getting a bead on the guy with the bag the door was put into. I see. That was a break for them, then. Ah, indeed it was. Otherwise, they'd never have made it. Then, I'm going down to see Burke. Maybe they got a lead at headquarters on them guys by now. All right. Tell Miss Case to send Lowry in when he gets here. I want to have a little talk with him. I'd like to find out how serious this girl's situation is for more reasons than one. Later that afternoon, Estelle arrived at a small shack located in a deserted brickyard a few miles beyond the edge of the city. Couldn't you find any other place to hide out? Just look at my slippers and stockings. This place is thick with that red brick dust. Even the floor is covered. Never mind the brick dust, baby face. It's about time you got here. Where you been all this time? Yeah, we was getting worried about you still. Couldn't get rid of the boyfriend. <sighs> Believe me, he certainly came in handy. If it hadn't been for him, I would have been picked up for certain. Okay, the dumb clock came in handy. I admit you got brains for figuring out that angle of the game. But you ain't seeing him anymore. Fred's been jealous ever since you met that lug last week. <laughs> Guess he's afraid you might fall for the door. Shut your mouth, Duke. Stell's one skirt. No other guy's going to take around but me. So get that straight, both of you. Lowry served his purpose, so now Estelle can ditch him, and quick. Oh, calm down, Fred. Don't be so jumpy. No, Freddy, don't be like that. You talk as though you don't trust your little Estelle. Well, okay. But I ain't trusting that lug too far with you, baby. You needn't worry about Ed Lowry. I've got him eating out of my hand. <laughs> of course, he is cute in a way, but... Say, listen, you... If I thought for one minute that you were falling for that sap, I'd fix... Let's forget it. Well, Freddy, how long do you intend to hide out here? Too late tonight. You go back to your place and get your things, then come back here. Take the car and scram to a Saferberg. Now get them farewells said to that make-believe boyfriend early tonight. And I don't mean maybe. Meantime, Lowry was talking to Britt Reed in his office at the Daily Sentinel building. And, well, that's how it is, Chief. I didn't mean to speak to you about it just yet, but since Axford had to come in and shoot off his big mouth... I'll take it easy, Lowry. Axford couldn't help but mention the girl when he gave me the details of the holdup. You and Axford are good friends. Don't let a little thing like that come between you. Oh, but, Chief, as I was telling you, I... Yes, of course. You think you've fallen for this girl. Maybe you have. We won't question that. By the way, uh... How long have you known this Miss Ritter? A whole week, Chief. Met her at a party. <laughs> you can't stretch time, Lowry. To me, that would be only a week, which is a very short time. As I see it, you know very little about her. She's a sweet kid, Chief. And no doubt pretty. Well, beautiful's more like it. <laughs> Strange what a pretty face can do to a sane mind at times. What do you mean by that? Oh, I was just thinking out loud. Tell me, remember, this is just supposition. Suppose that girl had turned out to be in with those crooks. Now, wait a minute, Chief. I can't let even you say that Estelle now, might... Calm down, Larry. I told you I was only supposing. I was wondering what you'd do, that's all. How you would have reacted in a case like that. Well, she'd really been in with him. She'd have to take the rap for it. I guess I'd get over it. After all, a crook's a crook no matter how you look at it. I'm glad you look at it that way, Lowry. 
Well, I'm going on home. I hope for your sake, Estelle Ritter is all that she seems to be. And if she really proves to be the big moment in your life, as you call it, then I'll be the first to congratulate you. And let's hope you're not disillusioned. Else to tell? No, thanks, Ed. Oh, say, I've been meaning to ask you. What made you late tonight? Said you'd be here at 8 o'clock, and then you didn't get here until 9. I had a lot of things to do before I left the apartment. Oh, when'd you leave it? Oh, about 20 minutes ago, I guess. Well, that's funny. I phoned late this afternoon and again early tonight, but I didn't get any answer. You probably got the wrong number, Ed. <laughs> Might get the wrong number once, but not two or three times. Ed, Laura, are you sitting there telling me that I'm not truthful? If that's the way you feel about me, I'll leave right now. Oh, no, 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 wait. Now, don't leave. Oh, I didn't say that. I believe you, Estelle. Honest. Just a little worried, that's all. Well, if you say you're sorry... Sure, sure, I'm sorry. See, I didn't think you'd walk out on me so easy. I don't like to be doubted, that's all. Well, uh, forget it, Estelle. I said I believe you. Well, all right, I'll stay for a little while. I really met you tonight because I have something to tell you, Ed. Uh, what? I'm going away tonight for a short time. Going away? Say, that's all rather sudden, isn't it? Not exactly. I've been expecting to go to visit my aunt. I planned it before I met you. Where does she live? In, uh, in Riverton. What difference does it make? I'll, I'll be back in a few days. Well, look, look. I, I'll go back to the Grafton with you and get your suitcase, and then I'll take you to the station. No, no Ed, I don't want you to do that. We'll say goodbye here. Say, this sounds like a brush-off to me. Don't be silly. I'll be back, and then I'll phone you. I still don't like it. Say, maybe you're not on the level after all. What do you mean by that? Well, I'm not as dumb as you think I am. Maybe I have let you play me for a fool, but now I'm beginning to Never think that... trouble still. Hey, who's this mug? What are you buttoning for? Duke, you shouldn't have come here. So you know this gorilla, do you? Well, that's something else I don't like. Shut up, news, huh? They get again, this poor could seem. They've been listening to what you've been spotting off, and I gather you're doing too much thinking for your own good. Hey, what goes here? You're going, Luggy. Get up and walk out in Natural Lake. I'll be right beside you. Come on, Stel. We'll pick up your stuff and then take this guy out to see Fred. <laughs> It'll be a pleasure to see what happens when they meet. Get moving, Sep. <laughs> We'll continue our Green Hornet adventure in just a moment. But at this time, we bring to our listeners a very vital message from the Office of War Information. Pressure for higher wages and higher prices has now reached such a dangerous point that all of our government's present barriers against inflation are greatly endangered. More than 20 million people in the United States depend on relatively fixed incomes. The wives and families of servicemen white-collar and government workers, and those living on pensions, interest, insurance, and charity. Should pressure groups succeed in raising their wages and in raising prices, all of those with fixed incomes will have to pay a great deal more for the necessities of life. Also, the cost of war materials will increase to such an extent that you, as a taxpayer, will bear the brunt of it out of your already shrunken income. We've all read of the results of inflation in other countries where the price of a single egg or of a pound of butter or of a loaf of bread came to a fabulous figure in dollars and cents. 
And it can happen here. Before it's too late, every American should consider the disastrous consequences of disorderly price rises to himself as well as to his country and its future. Unless every farmer, worker, and businessman alike supports wage price stabilization, the battle to hold prices down cannot be won. It's up to you, fellow Americans, to face the facts today so that the facts of tomorrow will not be disastrous to our country. And now back to our story. Later that evening, Britt Reed was talking to Cato, his faithful valet, and the only person who knew his identity as the Green Hornet. I still can't get it out of my mind that that girl always running around with is not what she's made out to be. You not tell me very much about her, Mr. Britt. Well, I did tell you. Lowry described her as his big moment. Raved about her beauty and sweetness. Sweetness often cloak for evil heart, and beauty only skin deep, it is said. Too true, Cato. Lowry's known this Estelle Ritter only about a week. He believes in that love at first sight sort of thing. Do you believe Lowry really in love with girl? <laughs> Thinks he is. Hmm. What do you think wrong with Miss Ritter, Mr. Britt? Well, I'm suspicious of the peculiar circumstances surrounding this affair, Cato. She made it a point to meet Lowry in the first place. And then she asked him to meet her at the First National Bank at noon today. Bank was robbed at noon. Yes. And that girl was the person who tripped up the guard. Lowry's presence prevented the police from taking her to headquarters for questioning. She uh, said it was accidental. Perhaps if police had questioned the girl, she would have broken down on her story. Well, if she were one of those thugs, she'd know that she'd be released when the police saw Lowry there with her. And that could have been planned, to my way of thinking. Oh, you think perhaps girl knew Lowry was known to police. So she planned to make friends with him and later have him there at the bank for just such purpose. All that is possible. The only way to find out would be for someone to break down the girl's story. Not possible for Britt Reed, publisher, to talk to girl. Well, that would never do. Lowry would never forgive me for butting into his affairs. But perhaps if Green Hornet should see girl, she'd be frightened into telling the truth. Yes. Yes, that could be done, Cato. Because of Lowry's avowed feelings for the girl, I couldn't tell the police of my suspicions. But the Green Hornet could find out if she's what Lowry says she is. Or as the Green Hornet, I might get a lead on the men who actually staged the holdup. No time like a present. Black Beauty already. All right, Cato, we'll follow your suggestion. Tonight, Miss Estelle Ritter will meet the Hornet in her apartment at the Grafton. Stepping through a secret panel in the rear of a closet in his bedroom, Britt Reed and Cato went along a narrow passageway built within the walls of the apartment house itself. This passage led to an adjoining building which fronted on a dark side street. Though supposedly abandoned, this building served as the hiding place for the sleek, super-powered Black Beauty, streamlined car of the Green Hornet. Britt Reed pressed a button. The great car roared into life. A section of the wall in front raised automatically, then closed as the gleaming Black Beauty sped into the darkness. from the mailbox in the vestibule which apartment she's in. I hope Lowry isn't there to complicate things. I wait here in Black Beauty. This alley is quite dark. 
It's an out-of-the-way neighborhood. I don't think you'll be disturbed. Keep your eyes open anyway. You never can tell what'll happen to force me to leave in a hurry. Moving quickly and silently, Britt Reed, wearing the mask of the Green Hornet, located the name plate on the mailbox. A few minutes later, he stood in the darkened hallway before the door of Estelle Ritter's apartment. The flowers in there, I'll have to clear out quick. No answer. Well, now that I'm here, I might as well go on in. Skeleton key certainly comes in handy. No lights. I guess she's out, huh? Have a look around. Better to use my flashlight. Say, this is interesting. Looks like somebody packed up in a hurry. Just a one-room apartment, I guess. That door must be a closet. Empty. Yeah, she's gone, all right. That does look bad. I wonder if Laurie knows she left. Now I'm sure she had something to do with that robbery. I've got to find out somehow where she went. Discarded stockings on the floor of the closet. Reddish dust on the toes and instep. I'll take them along. Well, now my problem is to locate that girl. I might as well get back to Cato. Arriving at Reed's apartment, Britt Reed and Cato hasten to the secret laboratory where Cato lost no time in making tests on the stockings which had been found in Estelle's place. Work as fast as you can. I suppose there'll be a general alarm out for us now that the police car spotted us leaving the Grafton apartments. When we go out again with a black beauty, we'll have to be more cautious than ever. What do you make of that dust, Cato? This seems to be red brick dust, Mr. Britt. Red brick dust, huh? Now, where could she have picked that up? Girl must have been walking where dust very thick. Dust even up on anchor of stocking. Perhaps in building under construction. That's not a probable place for a hideout. We not kill hopes yet. Must think of other places. Cato, what you just said reminds me of something. What is it, Mr. Britt? You used the word kill. I recall passing some old deserted kills, ovens in which they bake bricks out on the south road beyond town. Brickyard would be covered with red dust? Yes, and a deserted brickyard would be a good hideout. Come on, Cato, we'll take the Black Beauty again and investigate that deserted brickyard on the south road. would be our luck to have a police car pick up our trail again. We've outdistanced them, but we'll have to work fast. They know we came out the south road. Yes, must hurry, Mr. Britt. Look, I see outline of small shack back in there. Yeah, there's a dim light showing through the window. Get out those special masks I brought, Cato. Yes. Here they are, Mr. Britt. You keep one. You may have to use it. I feel reasonably sure that we found the hideout. I have same creepy feeling. Here, take this and put it in your pocket. Oh, so that's the reason for special masks. Yes, if this is the place, I don't know how many there are in there. Just in case I run into trouble, here's what I want you to do. So you're the punk Estelle took for a ride, huh? <laughs> Some sap you turned out to be. All right, you dirty crook. You needn't rub it in. I've learned my lesson thanks to your blonde stooge. You brought this on yourself, Ed. If you hadn't said what you did in the restaurant, you wouldn't have interfered. Yeah. The less you say to me, the better I like. 
<laughs> Listen to that, Fred. You should have heard how Sweetie was talking to Stella in that restaurant. If I didn't have my hands tied, I'd flatten that silly map of yours, big boy. Yeah. You and who else? Fred, this news hound knows too much. What are we going to do with him? we got to get away from here. I'll leave that to you, Duke. Take him out to one of those old ovens and use your own judgment. With pleasure. No, you don't. Fred, you know what Duke will do. Sure. So what? Hey, I'm beginning to think you're really falling for that guy. Listen, Freddy, in a way he helped us, didn't he? The police would hold him if he said anything. Yeah, but whether they do or not, I'll do all I can to help them find you, crooks. And what's more, I don't want any favors from you, Blondie. Go on, Duke, get it over with. No, if I'm going with you, Freddy, you have to stay away from murder. And that's what it'll be. Uh, cut out the act. All right, you hate me now. But you were nice to me for a while. Now, I don't want us to be hunted down for murder. Okay, okay. Time up tight and gag him. We'll stick him in that little back room there. If you ever do find him, we'll be plenty far away. Now, hurry up, Duke. It's uh, a mistake, but okay. Go on, you start walking. I don't like the way you stuck up for that, though. Oh, forget it, Freddy. Let's get our things together so we can get away when Duke's ready. Remember, that little bag there on the table means we can. Don't move, you two. Oh. Hey, what the? It's a green hornet. Thought you could get away with that $30,000, eh? Trying to horn in, is that it? Freddy, don't let him take it. Grab the bag. Let it alone, Lugger. I'll let you have it. Okay, okay. You're holding the gun. Why be piggish about it? We did the work. We'll split the dough with you. Why should I when I can get it all, Mug? Work on him, Estelle. Duke's coming out. No tricks or I'll let you have it. Mr. Hornet, please make a deal with us. You don't know how we plan to get that money from the bank. Now you come to take it all away. Please. Get away from me and stop putting on an act. Duke, now! Drop that gun, jerk. This rod in your back is loaded. Now, we'll do the talking, Mr. Greenhorn. He's staring at the window, Freddy. That's just a trick to get... Hey, what are you nodding your head for? Hey, it's like signaling somebody. Got... Look out! Oh, I can't see my eyes. Here, get. get to the door. Hurry! I'll take that gun on my own. Freddy, get out. The door's open. Hey, Beck. I think no one will leave yet. I'll be there in a minute. Our bomb trick works. Take it, Mug. Poor Gash. Gash This one is subdued. Good. I give up. My, my eyes. Put these two up. There's some cord. Here. This for girl. You go try that other lug. There's no more fight left in him. This will hold you, Blondie. Oh, police. This one is tired. Quick, out the back way. They must have followed us after all. What's this? Tear gas in here. Look, two guys and a girl. This one's out like a line. The gas is clearing up now. Wonder how it... Say, that's loud. He's blonde. That it is. Tight hand and foot. The other guy, too. Taj, if that isn't the bag with the bag, do I miss me guess. See there on the table. Let's take a look. Glory be, you're right, Axford. Then these are the crooks. If that girl was in with him, we'll have to pick up Lowry. He, he wasn't in on it. Look in there. Hey, here's Lowry, bound and gagged. Holy crow. Cassidy, you go in and get Lowry loose. So Lowry's big moment turned out to be a female crook. The less you say about that, the better, Axford. You, Miss Ritter, who did all this tying you up and the tear gas and all? He, he went out the back way. The, the green hornet. The green hornet? Yeah, we followed him here. Sure, he was after that door, but we scared him off. Well, Lowry, I'll bet you're glad to see us here. Sure, but you should have got here sooner. Seemed to be a lot going on out in this room. These two men and that girl are the crooks who held up the bank, Sarge. Sure, we know that already. Well, now, Lowry, I'm sorry your girlfriend turned out to be a crook, making a fool out here like that. What are you talking about, Axford? How do you know I wasn't wise to her all the time? Well, I suppose that's something I'll never know. 
Leave it to you to wiggle out of it one way or another. He was making up to you, though, and no mistake. <laughs> From what I could hear, that dame was even making up to the Green Hornet. It'll take more than a pretty blonde to catch that Green Hornet. Holy crow! You see, that's what I mean. There goes the spot penis by the Sergeant Burke, a squad of cops, and the blonde all put together. Just heard the adventure, Lowry's Big Moment. These exciting dramas are sent to you each week at this same time. They are copyrighted features of the Green Hornet Incorporated and originate in the studios of WXYZ Detroit. All characters, names, places, and incidents used in this drama are purely fictitious. Bob High speaking. This is the Blue Network. <laughs>